Do you experience every emotion, but don't know how to express it? Us either. Learn with us as we go. We love pink, learning too much about random things, and trying to make the world a better place. If we were pageant contestants, our answer really would be world peace. But first, we have to learn how to master our own inner peace. Join our journey as two best friends have simple girl talk. This is Spotlight with Alexis Kimsey and Katherine Merck. Are you ready? Ready to rumble. Hello! <laughs> Your favorite best friends are back together for some girl talk. This is Alexis. And Catherine, we're so excited. We had a little break there in our oh. podcast recording. Life got so busy. Nice. We were together, didn't have time to record, but we're so excited to be back. And we miss you guys. So much has happened. So like, much. So much. <laughs> Where I do think we want we to go to the Alexis. obvious question that everybody has? You guys, I did it. I, I mean, finally got I'm not exactly sure. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what you did, but <laughs> I really did it. But guys, Catherine's in a relationship. I know it was this exciting for everyone. My favorite part about yeah. it is that I did post a picture on Instagram and multiple of our wonderful listeners <laughs> commented, I need to listen to the podcast to find out what's going on. <laughs> Let's just deep dive. So you guys know the horrible date. Well, oh, yeah. Hike Boy is actually Marcus. <laughs> so we can finally yes. like let down his pseudonym and tell you guys it's Marcus. And I feel like it's weird that I keep talking about your relationship. So let's just let you go into it, Catherine. Tell us I mean, all about Marcus. Let's be real, though. We all know Alexis is my best friend and she knows all the things. She has, hasn't met him yet. She has speaker phone with him before. He's talked to her and Sage and on the phone. Time. Yeah, and FaceTime. That's hilarious. I forgot about that. Um, he looks yeah. tall. <laughs> he is tall. He is tall. You guys, um, the first time that we FaceTimed <laughs> and he walked in the door, I was I texted her. I was like, wow, he's tall. And I was like, I measured it by the door frame. And she wrote back, you only saw him for three seconds. <laughs> I just want you all to know that I have like absolute full faith if anything ever happened to me, Alexis would like sleuth it out. She would be such a good private investigator. She, I think she might've like, yes, she, she wrote a, a crime novel. So she's amazing at it, but I kind of feel like she might have a future career just like as a private investigator. Hit me up. Cheating spouse. I'll find them. <laughs> mean she best would. friend. I'll find them. No, I'm kidding. Please don't hit me up for that. I am slammed, but no but. guys she's dating marcus i feel like we need to give him all the details you guys marcus she got her rom-com Catherine said she went in saddle or saddle <laughs> <laughs> okay okay we need to pause because she makes fun of me because whenever we talk about things like relationships human relationships i somehow relate it back to horses and i'm like you know alexis and she's the one who did it this time freudian slip i did <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah, I told her that she spooked easily the other day for people that know horses. Anyways, um, I mean, I Marcus, do, though. <laughs> you do. 
this is like a rom-com you guys she's known marcus since high school she literally had a bad boyfriend like do some mean things to her she called marcus she cried in the back seat on his shoulder with another friend in the car yeah he guys, came he and has picked been... me up <laughs> yes he has legit been messaging her guys for over a decade every time she I mean, has something well... big happen in her life he would literally compliment her he'd say how beautiful she looked in pictures like guys he literally told her that he's literally been in love with her since high school. Okay. He did not say well, that time. to be fair. He did tell me at one point, like I think when we were in college or something that he had a crush on me all through high school, which was adorable. Uh, I don't really know. Like we were really good friends in high school and then we just like saw each other on and off through like our early twenties. And then I'm going to be really honest guys. <laughs> if you know me, if you're friends with me, text messaging is not my number one form of good communication if you're in like the top five people that i text regularly you're in other than that also for all of you if you've ever tried to facebook message me i'd like to formally apologize because facebook messenger is just not a mode of communication that i use so because Unless of that 60. Yeah, I just I don't I don't do it. I don't know what my deal is with it, but I just don't do Facebook Messenger. And so we kind of fell out of touch for a while. Um, but yeah, so we reconnected and we went hiking, which that was the last podcast. I think I was like, yeah, we don't really even know if that was a date, but it's really nice because I mean, he's also known me for pretty much two decades and already knew my family. He's sweet man has already hung out with my parents multiple times because my family and I are really close. So that's pretty fun. And, uh, he really likes my dog. So that is very important. My, our first date, my dog came hiking with us and my dog jumped all over him with mud all over his paws and he just like handled it like a champ. So that was a good sign. He's really good in the muddy situations, which means he'll be perfect for Catherine. <laughs> whether she's horseback yes. riding or whether she's procrastinating, he's got her covered. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are pretty <laughs> accurate descriptions. And okay. It was so wonderful too. I just have to share that it was so sweet. This, this past weekend, I was at a steer roping in West Texas and, you know, even a lot of rodeo people don't really either know that much or watch that much steer roping. And while I was there, I Marcus wanted me to send like videos so he could understand what I was doing. And it was, it was really sweet. I loved it. So yeah, total non-rodeo person, which is probably good for me, honestly. It really is. And you know, one thing about Marcus that I appreciate is he shows interest in things that you like. So ladies, I don't care if you are 15 or if you are 45, if a guy really wants to, he'll be the guy for you. So just saying. And the right guy will be patient as heck because in most senses, <laughs> girls are clueless. I really uh, yeah. think it's kind of funny, though, that like I ended up with Sage, who literally chased me since the time he was like, I guess from the time, not since the time, geez, Louise, from the time that he was like 15 and Marcus has been kind of doing the same. So I'm not saying we were like meant to be best friends, but I mean, we were meant to and be I'm best already... friends. <laughs> and I'm already planning the Christmas wedding, guys. Not this Christmas, but you know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Just 
we'll edit this podcast. Marcus, I'm already, my face You're is welcome. getting hot. I'm getting embarrassed. Oh, just Too stop. Much All the girls want to know. Everybody's invested in this, Catherine. You don't need to edit it out. Marcus, <laughs> like, I got your back, man. Oh my gosh. I do have Anyways. to tell y'all. Okay. Two really cute things. Number one, Sage has already tried to give him a little bit of advice, which was, I think, lots of patience <laughs> and nodding which was pretty much a good pro tip for how to handle me and Alexis. <laughs> and uh, the Amen. other hilarious thing was, so I was sitting, he was, he was at my house and he was kind of working and I was editing the podcast. Well, the last podcast, edit, Alexis was talking about like planning, planning my wedding. And I said, okay, edit for everyone listening. I don't actually have a boyfriend. Well, I was skipping around and Marcus and I had like just made it official. <laughs> and I, I'm skipping around in the editing and I was already embarrassed about him hearing the random parts of the podcast I was skipping to. And it just went to the part, like, I don't have a boyfriend. And then I got all, I got all embarrassed and I don't embarrass easily. So it was kind of funny that I was being so awkward about him hearing snippets of the podcast. So far, he claims he hasn't listened to our podcast, but it's bound to happen. Right, girls? I think it is. On that note, we have a lot to talk about, but I want to just talk really quick because I, my whole family and I were talking about, the, about this last night about the Enneagram stuff. Alexis is going to be like, oh my gosh, Catherine. Here we go. Go ahead, Okay, Give us a snippet. If you haven't taken the Enneagram test, it is so interesting. I am, you know, we've joked about how one of Alexis's and my good friends calls me a full send Hufflepuff. I am a two, 100%. You read things about type two, and you could just go ahead and replace the word two with the word Catherine, and that's pretty much who I am. But seriously, if you haven't, I actually, I was pretty skeptical about it at first. I took the test. I've read like books about my personality type with the Enneagram now. And it's really interesting. It's really interesting. It requires a lot of self-reflection and helps you kind of learn about some of your own personality traits that you might not love and how to work towards being better, which I feel like is a really good kind of transition into what we want to talk about today. It for sure is. And you know, Catherine, I don't make fun of the Enneagram things. I think that the Enneagram and then also like the love language, you know, like what's your love language? I feel like the way I see it is every day we need something different and every day we're a different person. And I'm not saying like you have split personalities. I'm saying like, you know, some days I might be a two, other days I might be an eight. It just depends on like, honestly, your feelings that day. Some days I need words of affirmation. Some days I wake up and I'm like, I need physical touch. Like I, every day, it's something different because I mean, as humans, we're evolving. And I bet if you take that test in 15 years, Catherine, it might have changed, you know, like you just never know. So it is kind of interesting to see where you're at this and at this point in your life compared to, you know, where you may be in 10 years. Yes. And have those reality checks and people like mm -hmm. me who are super optimistic and sunny and don't necessarily want to address the challenges, it's really good for it because it's like a really good reality check to think, okay, here's where I'm maybe doing really well. Something I tend to do really badly in is self-care, saying no, that kind of thing. And so Same. it kind of helps me to address that side of myself and realize, okay, I love serving other people 
but sometimes I do it to the point that I'm not good at it anymore because I'm not taking care of myself. So I have to scale Mm -hmm. back the quantity and amount I'm helping others to increase the quality. I agree a hundred percent. And that kind of like goes with today. I mean, today we're going to talk all about jealousy and we, do you want to deep dive in? Do you want me to read the story first? Like, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go over? Um, well, like if you don't know what the definition of jealousy is, I feel like we should start that off. Um, yeah, let's start there. Okay. Jealousy is feeling or showing envy of someone or their achievements and advantages. And it could be something as simple as you got a promotion at work or she started dating the guy you liked or she has a new Chanel bag or how does she live in that house? How does she have that? How does she have this? So it's kind of interesting. And Catherine, I mean, you can add to this, but um, I was reading this blog post actually by Live Bold and Bloom and she put down like 15 signs that like you might be a jealous person and it doesn't mean you're jealous all the time but everyone's bound to have it happen to them at some point. So the number one thing is acting defensive, phone snooping, which means like looking at someone's phone when they're not looking, making critical comments about one's appearance, applauding failures, faking physical or emotional duress, guilt tripping, um, putting down someone's success, upping their game to be better, exaggerating her success to make you feel like you're not doing enough, Abruptly changing moods, excluding other women, giving backhanded compliments, expressing outright dislike, becoming clingy, or trying to make allies. And so I thought that was kind of interesting because I feel like we all have someone that's like that. I was going to say, I think, you know, we we talked when we decided we wanted to do this episode on jealousy. We talked a little bit about how we personally view jealousy, how we work to not fall into the trap of jealousy. And we're definitely going to get into that. But there are some other things too. I think we are going to want to dive into a little with how we personally have experienced jealousy from other people Mm -hmm. and how just, I don't know, I want to say damaging it can be to, I mean, it's to everyone involved, right? It doesn't serve anyone positively. Yeah. Psychologists, Catherine, literally say that um, jealousy comes from people that have low self-esteem, high neuroticism, feeling possessive of others, or a fear of abandonment. So those are usually the triggers of someone that's experiencing jealousy. So I don't know. And you know, I talked to Sage because he is probably one of the least jealous people I have ever met in my life. Like, you know, Sage. He claps for other people. He's okay when other people, like, obviously he's an athlete. So, like, he likes to win. But he's not someone that's going to put down someone else's success. And in his occupation, sometimes people are like, hey, like, that guy didn't deserve that. And Sage is like, he did at the moment. God put him in that position. He deserved it. Like, Sage will never talk bad about people. He's not a guy to make other people feel bad about themselves, especially when they're winning. And so um, I asked him, I was like, how do you not ever feel jealousy? And he was like, to me... Jealousy is a woe is me mindset. Like they never look at the reasons why they have not been advanced. Like why in that moment did I not win? Why did I not get that house? And he said, instead they have this like victim mentality where they go through the mindset of like, well, I didn't deserve, she didn't deserve it because I'm a woman. He only got hired because he's a man. And he was like, 
but no one sees, hey, maybe at this point that guy was working 24 hour shifts. Maybe at this point that guy was doing this. Maybe at this point, like he was skipping family holidays to work it. He's like, you never look at what, and he's like, and sometimes like life's just not fair. So sometimes, yeah, you did deserve the advancement over that person, but that's not how life works. So I thought it was kind of interesting that almost like being jealousy is like kind of like a victim mentality. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I could not agree with that more with the victim mentality side of things. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just, a lot of that really struck home to me because you're right. Sage does not ever, like he will never not cheer for someone else. Right. And that is Mm -hmm. such a cool thing for me. And that's, he's such a good example of that. And it's tough because I think what really hit home and what I wanted to touch on that you talked about is, you know, we all hear the quote, like, be nice to everyone because they're fighting a battle you know nothing about. But it's Mm -hmm. true. There is so much that people don't know about in other people's lives. And I think right now, jealousy is such an interesting conversation with social media and all of that. But people really think- People really think they know people from social media, right? And you and I try to be really honest on social media, but there's no way to be fully authentically yourself on social media, no matter what you do, because it's still something you're choosing to share part of your life. And it's just part of your life. And you're a great Mm -hmm. example because you have a really big social media following. And so does Sage. And people think they know you on a personal level, which you do share a lot of yourself, but they don't know. They'll see the wonderful, fabulous things. They don't know. For example, you're one of the hardest working people I know. You will sacrifice so much to to do 110% at any job you do. And they don't see that work. They don't see the blood, sweat, and tears. So they might make an assumption or be jealous of you, but it's based on a false reality. And no matter what, social media is just an example. But Mm-hmm. We we don't disclose the majority of our lives, what we're going through, our challenges, everything with other people, like only those yeah. that, that are closest to us. So sure. I love that saying like, you don't know that guy could have been working 24 hour shifts is such a good point. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it goes to every aspect. I mean, they've even gotten to astrology with this saying that one astrologer says that Leo's Taurus and a Scorpio are the most jealous signs. I think it's so crazy. They are saying that your signs have an impact on that even. So jealousy is nothing new though, Catherine. I mean, the story I want to tell today is from 1985, but it's still relevant. Like it's still happening. So I don't know. Okay, it's can I just say though too, the Ides of March just happened. Like talk about jealousy. You know, yep. jealousy is one of the it's one of the main pitfalls of humanity. It's one of the seven deadly sins. It's, it's been part of the, yes, it's been part of the human existence forever. And so I think it's really interesting that I think it, it's always present. It just evolves in different ways. So, okay. Tell me the story. I've been dying to hear Just so everyone knows, she has not shared the story at all with me. So I am hearing this for the first time with you. So first off, um, today's story is um, it's it's pretty heart wrenching. So I am going to say a trigger warning to you. Um, It does involve 
um, assault. It also involves murder. And so if you're triggered by any of these things, please just stop listening. My references today were an article from Medium and a Dr. Phil episode, actually. So um, I just want to tell you about this. First of all, um, I do not ever identify with the person that's responsible for killing. Um, I always want to give victims a voice on this podcast. And so um, today is all about Michelle Missy Avila. Um, She grew up in Los Angeles and she met her best friend, Karen Severson, I believe is how you say it, when they were eight years old. Um, If you see pictures of Michelle, she was beautiful. She had long hair, had a great personality. And often, as happens in friendship, they started to drift apart when they got to high school. They said that Karen apparently grew jealous of Michelle at the time because she wasn't hanging out with her and was instead focusing on her time hanging out with boys. She was more popular. She was more attractive. The same story that goes on all the time. Um, So out of revenge, Karen started a rumor that her best friend was sleeping with various boys, which led to Michelle getting beat up by a group of girls at school because they thought that she was sleeping with their boyfriends. I want to read this little side note from Medium because it goes along with this. It says, during Missy's sophomore year of high school, the rumors began to spread. This rumor claimed that Missy had been sleeping with several boys, all of which had girlfriends. This rumor caused a group of girls to find Missy outside of school and beat her so badly that as soon as she got home, her parents pressed charges against the ringleader of the attack, Sonia Bone. Missy was supposed to appear in court on October 8th, 1985 to take the stand against Sonia. Um, So... This girl, I mean, she was going through the ringer and she turned to her best friends, Laura and Karen, because she was like, I don't understand what I did. And they were trying to comfort her. But um, time went on. Fast forward to junior year. Michelle started dating a guy named Randy. Eventually, they broke up because he had a problem with partying and drinking. Well, after they broke up, Karen being the Karen she is, started dating Randy and they eventually moved in together. Keep in mind, this is junior year. It's reported by Karen that at a party, Randy actually pulled Michelle onto his lap and Michelle told him that she was not interested in getting back together with him. And then she also advised her best friend to break up with him because he was bad news. So basically, she didn't do anything wrong. Keep in mind. Um, (laughs) Her best friend got mad at her, which a lot of times as girls, when we're in a relationship, it's hard not to see the other side. And so naturally we get mad at the girl rather than kind of looking at, hey, there's a root cause here that's causing division between them. And that is the guy. Okay. But also let's talk about the fact that these girls are what, 16 years old too? Oh, yeah. That's what's crazy. That's what's what's already blowing my mind. Think about, for all of you listeners, I'm putting myself back into that little 16-year-old Catherine mentality, and oh, this is already affecting me a lot. It's crazy. Like, it's so crazy. So according to witnesses, Karen and Michelle, they met at a park pretty much after um, the whole thing happened when she told her, hey, I want you to stop seeing this guy. He's bad news. So, um, they met in a park and they got into a physical altercation. Witnesses say that Karen threatened Michelle with a broken beer bottle and she pushed her and slapped her. But at that point, like they all walked away alive. Right. So they're all okay. However, 10 days later, Michelle Avila was dead. 
On October 1st, 1985, Michelle told her mom that she was going out with one of her school friends, Laura. She picked her up and the two left. Um, but four hours later, Laura called Michelle's mom, Irene, and asked to speak with Michelle. Her mom thought that she was with her the whole time, so she was really confused. And Laura says that she dropped Missy off with three boys driving a blue Camaro. Um, when she drove off to get gas, she came back and the three boys and Michelle were gone. So on October 4th, just three days later, Michelle's body was found face down in a stream in, in the Angeles National Forest where she had been forcibly drowned. Her waist length hair was cut off and there was a four foot log on top of her body. So obviously everybody's kind of like, what in the world is going on? Everybody, the investigation begins immediately. People were wondering, okay, was it the three boys that it was mentioned? Was it Randy? Was he mad at her because possibly like she was messing with the relationship with him and Karen or was it Karen? There are plenty of suspects at this point and despite their differences, Karen wanted to be there for her best friend's family. She attended the funeral. She sent a card with money inside and she eventually even moved into the Avila house to help with the like whole search for it because she felt so bad for what she did. Um, she pretty much became obsessed with this murder and she wanted answers she ended up visiting her best friend's grave several times a week. Her room was covered in newspaper clippings about the crime, and she repeatedly visited the crime scene where they found Michelle. At one point, she even told Michelle's mom that she had seen Michelle's ghost. Unfortunately, police had no leads, and the case ended up going cold. Three years later, um, someone unexpectedly comes forward, a young woman named Ava, who apparently took them took the drive up to the mountains with Karen and Laura Doyle, who were responsible for the death of Michelle Avila. Michelle's mom said that she had no reason to suspect it was Laura or Karen. Um, they were arrested and charged with first-degree murder. No one would have ever solved this if Ava wouldn't have come forward. And according to prosecutors, Laura and Karen lured Michelle into the creek and proceeded to yell at her about her promiscuity. They both accused Michelle of having sex with their boyfriends and told her that she had messed up too many relationships, so she was to blame for this. The two held her down in six inches of water and drowned her. Told her down, they placed a 100-pound log on her. So five years after the death of Michelle, Severson and Doyle were convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 15 years in prison. The jurors later said they were not convinced that the murder was planned, which is why they did second-degree. Karen, Karen was released after 21 and a half years in 2011, and Laura was released after 22 years in 2012. So after Karen was released, she started promoting her memoir about the crime and her prison experience, and then decided, well, of course, she needs a movie about it. So in 2015, Michelle's family sued her, seeking profits of all the sales. And because of this, the state of California passed Missy's Law, requiring entities who are helping publish works made by criminals to contact the families of the victims. Because her family was like, this is not fair. You should not be able to profit off the death of my daughter. Crime does not pay. Like, at the end of the day, that's not how it goes. And then Absolutely. to make matters worse, oh, it gets worse. To make matters worse, Karen said that she was donating her money that she made from her sales to an anti-bullying foundation. But to said date, she has never donated $1 to it. Um, and then no. Missy's... Oh, yeah. Missy's law ensures that criminals in California do not get paid for their monstrous actions. Um, so the worst part... Like, it's not the worst part. Obviously, that she was killed was the worst part. But seven days after she was killed, Catherine, was when she was supposed to appear in court on October 8th, 1985, to take the stand against Sonia, who had beat her up. 
Um, but sadly, she never got her day in court. So she received justice for one part of it, but not the other part of being assaulted by the girls in the school parking lot. Okay, so this is so interesting because I had no idea what story Alexis was going to tell anything. So Missy's Law was signed when I was in law school. So I remember yeah. this from law school because, it, yeah, it was literally talking about what Alexis said, like criminals shouldn't be profiting from their crimes by, you know, telling the stories in today's culture with the, the culture of Netflix, of all of this. And this brings me back to think again about everything with Brian Koberger and the University of Idaho murders and People keep saying like, oh, I can't wait for the Netflix special. I can't wait. That's just the culture we live in. And what kills me about this story is like this girl didn't do anything wrong. Like she was targeted because she was beautiful. She was targeted because she was well liked. They said she was really nice to everybody. She had a great personality. Um, she did receive a lot of attention from boys, but was not promiscuous. Um, like she grew up with her mom, three brothers, like. She had a very normal life. Um, I don't know. They said that like one of the reasons that Karen was so jealous of her was because she was beautiful, had really long hair that she absolutely loved and was quite popular and well liked. So like jealousy does crazy things in people. But like this is an extreme case, obviously. But like what a life destroyed just because of something as simple as jealousy. And it's not and just, then, yeah, it's not just one life. It's the whole family's lives. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's terrible. And like, what's really sad too is when I was researching this, originally Dr. Phil um, did a special on this and Karen came forward from her jail cell and was like, I did not do this. I absolutely did not do this. However, she had said when they, she was arrested that she was the ringleader. She came up with it. She wanted her to pay for what she had done. And it's so weird. And the mom was watching in the crowd with Dr. Phil, her say all this stuff from prison. And she was like, you're lying. You're flat out lying. And she's like, I moved you into my house. Like you said, you were my surrogate daughter. Like that's like, she was living with the killer for some time that just murdered her daughter. That's the horrible part. Like that you were so jealous of her life. You literally wanted to become her. It and the just, mom, it, I, I just mean, it, so bad for the mom. It makes, yeah, it makes me almost physically sick. It's so appalling when yeah. you put yourself in the shoes of my, my sweet mom has always said, you know, Catherine, when telling me, she says, we're Harry Potter people. She's told me forever, vigilance, constant vigilance when I go somewhere or travel. And she's always said, you know, Catherine, something happens to you. I don't know how I'll live. I don't know how I will be able to go on. And when you think about you, you know, our sweet moms having to deal with that, but then also having to live with the person that put them in the situation. It just, it's unfathomable. It just, it, it mm -hmm. does. It makes me almost sick. But the other thing I really thought about when you were just saying this last part is this illustrates to a huge extent, the deception that is part of jealousy, like jealousy mm -hmm. on any level has an element of deception, whether we think it does or not. And this obviously was to a hugely exponential level of deception. You know, these girls had 
deceived themselves to the point, I guess the killer said when she walked away from the crime, she said, well, they don't have a daughter. They don't have a sister. I don't have a friend. They still have a daughter and a sister. She just literally isn't there to make new memories because of what she did. It's beyond to me. And like, I mean, to correct too, Karen actually got 23 and a half years in prison. I was just double checking, but, um, yeah, this woman, she's psycho. Like she just went on a tour afterwards, like, cause she wanted the attention from it. And it's like this poor girl, like, I don't know if you want like a more in detailed encounter of it. Medium has a great, like full story about it. Um, I do think it's cool that the parents pushed so much to have Missy's law created because at least something came out of this where like people don't get a chance. And she was like, I need to sell books because it's hard to get a job out there. And it's like, okay, at the end of the day, no offense, but she didn't get a day. She didn't even get a day in court to defend herself. So no, like you don't, I I don't know. These are, these are the consequences of your own actions for sure. Like you're not the victim here. (laughs) I don't know. It's so hard for me to like to even fathom that. But like, I thought that was an interesting case because I don't know. There's another story of Skylar niece who was murdered by her two best friends. Um, this is still happening. Like that was a recent case. This was 1985. So it's still happening. And at the root cause of it, most of it's jealousy. And it's like, I just don't, I don't know for Missy's sake, for Skylar's sake, for everyone's sake involved. Like at what point do we say enough is enough? That's, that's what's so hard. And Alexis, I think this is something really that it's easier for the two of us to talk about at this point in our life because of how much stronger we are as women. But both of us have experienced some pretty bad bullying in our lives. And we've talked about it a little bit. But retrospectively, when you look at it, or even what happened to me over the last year, Mm -hmm. it boils down to jealousy. And people get so focused on jealousy and this own deception in their mind, that they start deceiving themselves, they start trying to deceive other people. It just it's a twisted web. It is. And you know, part of my jealousy when I was a freshman in high school started because my best friend thought that the senior that she had a crush on had a crush on me. And that's how it all started. Um, and they took one word out of context and they used that as the excuse, but it all started because she was jealous because he was paying attention to me. I had no interest in him at that point in my life. So like to see Laura's story, I'm like, holy crap, that could have easily been me. Like, not that I'm saying the girls that bullied me are capable of that, but I did a lot of the same things that she did. And if you read the medium article, you can really tell like this girl was shocked. And there's like times when she finally was like, you know what, this is enough. And she'd scream back at him. Like she was sick of it. And it's just so sad to look back and be like this whole time, the people she was going to were the perpetrators of her pain. And then on top of that, it was horrible because she didn't do anything wrong. Like I don't, I'm so like, I don't know. It's just so weird. And even if she did do something wrong, say that she slept with someone's boyfriend, does that constitute her being killed? No, she doesn't deserve to die. And that is such, obviously such an extreme case, but no, nobody, you don't take justice into your own hands. 
I would like to take this opportunity <laughs> to say, I'm sorry. We know this is a soapbox. I like to go on as an attorney, but I can't stand some of the new music that's coming out of people being like, oh, well, they hit a girl, so I shot them. No, don't take justice into your own hands. That's not okay. You are not the the judge. At the end of the day, we have an entire judicial system, but it's God's to judge. And I have so much, you know, faith in the fact that we are not to judge our fellow man. And I think Mm -hmm. that would help a lot of people. If you can hold that in your heart and remember not to judge others, I think that's a really good tool to remind you not to be jealous of others, not to judge them on any level, to just focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. That kind of went in a whole circle, but Anyway, you're good. One thing that I wanted to put on here is so when all this happened, um, this was all basically a ploy to get her into the woods, this whole thing. So they started screaming at Missy. I'm reading this straight from a medium article, so they get all the credit. They started screaming at Missy, saying that they were the ones who spread the rumors because they knew for a fact that she had slept with their boyfriends and they were not gonna let her get away with it. Missy tried pleading with them, telling them that she would never do anything like that. She had never slept with anyone. She was a virgin, but they wouldn't listen. When Missy started to shut down, the girls grabbed her, pushed her away from the car and towards the trail that led into the forest. It's important to note that Missy was very petite compared to the girls. She was only 4'10 and 95 pounds, while Karen was 5'2 and over 200 pounds, and Laura was 5'6 and 135 pounds. She could not defend herself against those girls, and they continued to push her down the trail. And Ava, the girl that told, was actually in the car. Um, and she started to walk behind the group. She wasn't involved in anything the girls did in the forest. And she didn't even know why she was brought along to begin with. The reason she said she waited three years to say anything is because the girls had threatened her. And she was afraid they would kill her, too. I mean, yeah. After witnessing that, I can't blame her. That's so yeah. scary. That's so crazy. I just... Yeah, she pretty much begged for her life, too. They said Laura stopped and faced Missy, who was crying and scared, and punched her in the face. As soon as they started punching her, Karen joined in, and within seconds, Missy was on the ground and being beaten, punched, and stomped. When they stopped, Laura tried to pull a knife out, grabbed Missy by the hair, and started cutting off chunks of her hair. They did this because they knew how much Missy loved her beautiful long hair. They wanted to join in on the hair butchering, but since she didn't have a knife, she started pulling chunks out with her hands. Ava just stood there watching this all happen. After they finished that, they pulled out the restraints and tied Missy's arms behind her back and gagged her. Um, they were in the river around 10 feet away from him. Laura walked in the stream, looked directly at Missy, started running her hands in the water and gave Missy a smirk and started taunting her, asking her to come in the water. When Missy didn't move, Karen grabbed her, stood her up and shoved her towards the river, made her fall down the hill. Since her arms were strained behind her back, she doesn't have anything to help brace her fall. So she, her face slams down in the ground and she rolls right up. Oh my gosh. She rolls right up to the river. Lauren and them grabbed her, drug her in the water. And this is when Ava runs away back up the trail. Ava realizes both cars were locked and they were too far down to get help. So she started reluctantly walking back down the trail until she heard a terrifying scream. She stopped walking, turned around and ran back to the cars where she sat on the ground in fetal position and waited for an hour for the girls to return. They were dripping wet, smiling and laughing and Missy, but Missy wasn't with them. Lauren and Karen held Missy's body eight inches of water and the scream that Ava heard happened when Missy was able to somehow wiggle out of Karen's grasp and get her head above water. Right after the scream, Karen grabbed her head, shoved her back in the water. When the girls knew that Missy was on the brink of death, they let go of her, ran to get the huge log, brought it over to Missy and dropped it on her head. 
the girls left the forest to go with the cars and went home. I am just shocked. And I'm sure all of you listening are just so beyond shocked. I, I, I don't, I don't know how seemingly normal girls get to this point. The same goes for Skylar niece in her case. If you haven't looked it up, you should probably check it out. Um, I do want to credit the author of this medium article. Um, her name is Miss Spooks. That's, that's all it says. So, um, yeah. The journalist in you. Yeah. And like, I have to give her credit Um, um, because that is her writing. That's not me, obviously. Um, But just reading this, this poor girl. Yes. And like you said, these seemingly normal girls. And again, I want to emphasize these are not fully formed adults. These are girls. Mm -hmm. Your frontal cortex isn't fully formed until you are at least 26 years old. And it just these are girls they're 16 17 year old girls it is so unbelievable to think about that and when I think about you know sweet little 16 year old Catherine (laughs) that just I mean it it blows my mind it really truly me too it's just it's jealousy leads to so many things, even in biblical times. It's a slippery slope. When you're looking at Cain and, like Cain and Abel, Cain and I mean, Abel. it goes back to. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many stories of this that like we continuously hear, but yet we still do it. And now we have comparison is a thief of joy. It's a simple saying. And we go on social media and, you know, a while back, I have to um, say there's a girl that I was following and I was like, dear God, like she has everything. And it was so like toxic for me at the time because I was in a really dark place. And I was just wondering, I was like, why am I not achieving this? Or I need to do this with my career. And like, it was so hard for me because I was like, I'm sitting at home. I'm dealing with postpartum depression. My baby is crying. Like, and here I'm sitting here staring at her page like, oh my God, she looks amazing. Like she didn't just get cut open. Like there were so many things I was doing and I know that's not healthy. And so what did I do? I went and started unfollowing her stories. Like, I'm like, I I just can't look at this for me right now. It's toxic. And just recently I went back and started like following her stories again. So I'm in a much better place. But if you're doing that, maybe that's the route you go down. Maybe it's not that you go and gossip with your friend. Yeah. You can unfollow. Maybe. Yeah. On Facebook, you can hide so you don't see people's stories rather than like unfriending them. I'm going to be honest. I just don't think I am capable of unfriending people. And so, but like, if if you, if you don't want to see a picture of somebody, if you don't want to see something, just choose to take it away. And another thing too, along those lines, I think it's really important because of the, the highlight reel at the end of the day, like I said, we can try to be as authentic as we can on social media. It is a highlight reel. But it boils down to the fact that pretty much every part of our life that we choose to show other people is what we choose to show them. It's some level of highlight reel. Mm -hmm. So take a break. That's one of my biggest pieces of advice. I am an incredibly social person. I do a lot of my job, everything on my phone, on my computer. I have to have a total break from technology every day. I try to get outside. I try to you know, be alone, but I also try to spend time with the people that lift me up and fill me up, obviously like Alexis, my friends and family, because that's what you need. If you find yourself starting to fall down these roads, 
unfollow, take a break from social media, do things that build you up or that you're good at to get that confidence back in yourself. Because so much of jealousy does come from your internal struggles. And I am going to go there, Alexis, Mm -hmm. because you and I have talked about this, but it is. It is the devil seeping into our brains, comparing us. It is the devil bringing us down and trying to get into our brains. And Sage just has found a really good way to not allow that to happen. And I think we're all striving for that, but it is such a, we talked about jealousy being a sin, all of that, but oh my gosh, is it easy to go down that rabbit hole? It really is. And you know, when I went back and followed that girl's stories, I was like, you know what? I'm in a good place right now. No, I don't look like her. No, I don't have my stuff like in ducks in a row, like her social media appears she has. But you know what? I'm the control of my own mind. I'm controlling my own thoughts. And I have a lot to be grateful for. A lot. So for me, like the way I stop being jealous is for one, stop comparing yourself to others. You don't have to. God created you unique and special, and we need you in this world. We don't need another her. Yes. We don't need another replica. We need you. You have different gifts than anyone else does. I think that's such an important reminder. For sure. And then be happy for when others do good. I know it's hard, but you know what? Your time's coming and God may have something bigger in store for you. So stop stopping what you're doing. Stop stopping your journey to compare yours to hers. Because you know what, girl? You're powerful. You have a lot of big things coming for you. If you just keep your head down, grind and take care of your business. And that's one of the things too, I think is important. If you start to feel jealousy creeping in, part of what's hard is you're seeing something that you admire, that you want, whatever it is in someone else. And the mm-hmm. it's so easy to just totally put that on the other person and feel bad. It's hard to think like, okay, let's take the perfect example. Alexis and I have tr- struggled with inflammation, health troubles, all this. And that's led to us not having as much confidence in our physical appearance. And it's easy to look at people that have the perfect body and think like, oh, I, you know, think negatively of them rather than turning it back on ourselves and thinking like, okay, I admire that in this person, or I want to emulate that. I need to focus on me and focus on how do I break down the steps to be the best version of myself there, but also acknowledging, like I joke with Alexis, you know, how long has it actually been since you tried to die? Right. Like context, like she said, after her birth, somebody looking at somebody with a perfect body, they hadn't just had a C-section. It just, the context is what's so important to all of this, but looking back and turning it on ourselves It's because exactly what you were saying. We look at other people and think, oh, they have it so easy. They did all this. Well, you don't know what they went through to get there and you probably never will know. So if you really want something, you have to give it your best and that's all you can do. And if you don't get it, God has a bigger plan. Amen. You know, one thing I started doing too um, is... At night, I was so bad about getting on social media and I would just scroll for hours and like we'd be watching a show. I wouldn't be engaged with what Sage was saying. And I was doing something really that like sitting there and scrolling on social media as long like the longer you go, the more toxic it gets. Yeah, there's some great things that come out of social media. But for me, like I was just like, oh, man, I need to go work out for another 30 minutes. So I started doing needlepoint 
I stay off my phone. And my dad the other night was like, what? Why are you doing that? And I watched the show Eat, Pray, Love. And she said, we need to master the art of doing nothing. Turning your brain off. Really just kind of engaging with who you are. As I'm doing needlepoint, I'm sitting there thinking about the things I'm grateful from that day. I sit there and I'm like, you know what? I have a son that's wonderful who's in bed right now. Like I have an amazing husband who fills me up every day. I have a best friend who checks on me constantly. I have a job that secures me benefits where I'm able to do things that I love. And I just started thinking of life more in that perspective. And that goes to my last point. Like if you're someone that's catching yourself being jealous, stop seeing other success as your failure. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things you do throughout the day that are really good and that make the world a better place. Absolutely. That's a huge part of why, I mean, Alexis and I have joked a lot about how much I like to knit on this podcast, but (laughs) that is something, it keeps my hands busy. And I also will say one of the big things, you know, we're still in the season of Lent right now. And something I've tried to focus on during Lent is, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. I say my, my prayers before bed every night, but it's so easy to just kind of get in the routine. So I have tried to focus on saying them quietly, but out loud to myself to actually force my brain to turn off and focus on prayer rather than just allow myself to be habitual. And that's huge for me because if you sit, you know, and scroll on your phone right before you fall asleep, that's what's in your mind for the whole time you're asleep. My mom has always preached this to me. What you dwell on before you sleep is what your subconscious works on throughout the night. So she used to tell me when I was worried, anything like, Catherine, you need to let it go. Let your subconscious think about it, pray about it. And and that's huge. You know, the, the saying that worry is the opposite of prayer because you're trying to take care of things yourself rather than letting God take care of them. If you can replace and whatever it is, if you're not a praying person, what whatever it is, if you can find a way to disconnect from social media for five minutes before you go to sleep at night, I think that's huge Agreed. for your mental health. Find something that's good, whether it be reading or playing with your child or just watching a show with your husband. I mean, detox from social media because at the end of the day, that's really kind of the root cause of all of our jealousy. So another thing I want to kind of talk about is to flip it on its head because you and I are both the people who, when we have been in situations where people have acted out towards us out of jealousy, we look at it as, yeah, what did I do to make them feel this way? And that's been a huge growth point that I think you and I have finally gotten to you know, we hit our 30s and now we're finally acknowledging that people being jealous of something that's integral to who we are, that's something that we worked for, whatever it is, it's not our fault. We can't blame ourselves for people lashing out against us because of that, right? And that sounds so weird to say, but that literally going going through And we're going to have very excited. We're going to have a whole Rodeo Queen episode later, which I think will be great because there's so much comparison in that in that realm. And I'm really excited to kind of touch on that, talk about that and hopefully uplift some young women that might be in those programs. But I have very much had to think about like I have had several girls who just like acted out to me solely for the reason that I was very successful in that realm right? In the rodeo queen industry and was Miss Rodeo America. 
there's no reason they should treat me poorly because I won Miss Rodeo America. I worked so hard for that. And at the end of the day, a rodeo queen pageant is somebody's opinion of how you perform at given tasks on given days. It doesn't define your self-worth. And I can't diminish who I am to make other people feel better. I think that's that's what I'm trying to say going through all of this that you and I have finally gotten to the point we can't diminish ourselves, dull our sparkle to make other people feel better. Those people who want to blow out our candles because they think it makes theirs glow brighter, that's not okay. You should be supporting everybody else's candle and just have yours, you know, whatever signature scent you have, you know, your candle should, you should be focusing on tending that flame and allowing your candle to burn as bright. And it's not going to burn brighter if you blow out somebody else's, but at the same time, you can't be diminishing yourself and what you're working towards and who you are because it's going to make some people. I agree. I just, like I said, I don't think it has anything to do with us at all. I think it has to do with their old insecurities. So don't dull that sparkle. Yes, absolutely. And on that note, like, oh, this is an emotional lot episode. Unload, wow. You know, <laughs> we, it needed to be addressed. I think we have to talk about it and I'm just proud of us. Like it's not easy to talk about things like this and it's especially not easy to call yourself out on them. And I feel like we've both done that in this podcast. So go team. Yeah. Go team. Absolutely. It is. It is so hard and it is so easy to see good things happening to other people to take it full circle to what we were talking about with Sage and you put it in your context and you think like, well, but I've been working so yeah. hard. Where's my reward? Well, your reward might be different and patience is not one of my strong suits. Like, let's just be really honest here. (laughs) That's something I feel like God keeps pushing me to work on because I am not great at that. And that's something I know when I, when I start to fall into, but you know, before I fall into it, when my brain starts to be triggered of any type of jealousy, a lot of it just has to do with me reminding myself, no, no be patient. Like your life is different. Your life is on a different timeline than somebody else's. And on that note, like if you're listening right now, I just hope you know how special you are because there's a lot of people in the world, but God thought that the world needed one of you. So on that note, we love you guys. Yeah. Only you can be the best you. Exactly. To end the day, happy St. Patrick's Day. We are recording on St. Patrick's Day, important to Catherine, and I just had to throw that out there because I felt like we really needed an emotional uplift to end the episode. And honestly, I think it's a pointless holiday, but I love my Irish friends, so happy St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) I baked yesterday for St. Patrick's Day. Also... For all of you that are Catholic, you can't have corned beef. There was a dispensation specifically for corned beef on a Friday of Lent. So I thought that was very exciting. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've been cooking all week. Um, delicious recipes. But yeah, I I think she has y'all. Okay. Recipe inspiration. Go to Alexis's Instagram. She's been making such good dinners. They look so good. I am so, so sad that I can't just walk to her house and participate in these dinners, but I can walk over to my mom's house and participate in her cooking and I bake for my parents. So it's really, it's a good deal for everyone. Yeah. I mean, it really is, but you can move down here. 
The option's always open. <laughs> I just really, we've been over this. I just really don't know how I would survive the summer in Texas. I, I don't do well in heat. I don't either. And on that note, guys, we love you. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week with some crazy content. We can't wait. We'll talk to you soon. We love y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you rate and review, we will love you even more. 